To all the time investors, welcome to another segment of Equity Breakdown, where you'll find short, no bullshit overviews of public companies. Now, today, we're going to begin our passage to understand the space industry. And as such, I think we can start off with an opening theme song from a childhood show that I think some of you guys will recognize. All right, I'm going to stop there before it's too late and you get to hear the entire song because I've put it on rerun for a while now. Well, when anything remote to space comes up, I just enter into another world out of excitement. There's so much to learn, especially as the industry evolves from a niche defense government-sponsored sector to a thriving global economic industry fueled by new advanced technologies and private companies. Space is now central focus to many long-term investors. This is perfect as we begin our learning process this month by breaking down the new space ETF, ARC-X, relative to some existing ones such as the Procure Space ETF, UFO, and the SPDR ETF, Rocket, R-O-K-T. So what is ARC-X? So the ARC Space Exploration and Innovation Fund is created to give investors exposure to companies spearheading the use of reusable rockets, technologies in orbital and suborbital aerospace, aerial drones, 3D printing, and enabling technologies, specifically space technologies. The fund is actually composed of 38 individual companies, and very unique in its element, it actually has another fund incorporated into it as their second largest position, the ARC's 3D printing ETF, PRNT is their ticket symbol, as their second largest holding. So from a market perspective, currently today, the space industry can be valued around $400 billion, with projections to hit $1 trillion by 2040. Now, the industry can be divided into three sectors, products and services, infrastructure, and government. So from products and services, we're talking about telecommunications, GPS, observation, sensing, and monitoring, such as also weather tracking. From an infrastructure perspective, we're talking about like the space vehicles, shuttles, rockets, ground and space stations, terminals, and receivers for satellites. And from a government perspective, well, you have the geopolitical monitoring, so the defense missile tracking, and government agencies such as NASA, and of course... Uh, the um, military as well too, such as the Air Force. Now, the space economy is primed to experience greater growth driven by sustained investment, technological advances, and the need for resource exploration and extraction. So to really get an idea of the amount of interest here from investors in the industry, Space Capital, an early stage venture capital firm exclusively focused on space technologies, reported that since 2011, $177 $177 billion of cumulative equity has been invested across 1,300 companies. Majority of these investments are coming from the U.S. and China. So China is right there with us trying to get a compete as well as maintain uh, hegemonic power when it comes to the space space. From ARC's perspective, the space industry is divided between three core ideas. So this is how ARC views the way that they are analyzing uh, and picking companies within their fund. Global connectivity, hypersonic travel, and multi-planetary space travel. Each of these big ideas focuses on technologies that can drastically transform economic expansion. ARC believes that in the near time, connectivity and hypersonic travel will deliver great opportunities. Currently, half of the world's population, 3.7 billion, do not have internet access. In the U.S., more than 19 million households have no internet connection, and 157 million do not have access to broadband speed, which is mind-blowing. To tackle this problem, more satellites are needed in the lower orbit of our planet. 
This can only be achieved by ensuring launch costs are economically feasible to meet the rate of demand. With reusable rockets, companies are taking advantage of the drastic drop in costs and are launching more frequently in low Earth orbit. Hence, SpaceX and Starlink satellites. As of 2020, there are actually 2,000, around 2,600 active satellites in orbit. And ARC estimates that in the next coming years, 25,000 active satellites are planned to be in orbit. As more people are connected to the digital world, ARC estimates that in the next five years, the market can be valued at $10 billion annually in the U.S. and $40 billion annually across the globe. If you also include the expansion to all devices of the Internet of Things and additional space services, ARC estimates $100 billion annually. So you can see a trend here. As the cost for a reusable rocket, as reusable rockets are introduced and the cost for launch decreases, then the technology for satellites, as they also improve, you then now have the perfect synergies to increase satellite, active satellites within uh, the orbit of our planet. Simultaneously, global expansion requires efficient commercial travel. Now, ARC believes within planet Earth, uh, hypersonic travel will be essential for point-to-point connections. This access will be economically appealing towards business travel and high net worth individuals. ARC estimates that 2.7 million passengers will be willing to pay $100,000 to save 13 hours of international travel, resulting in a $270 billion market annually. And that third element about space travel into deep space, such as going to Mars, yes, that's very exciting with a lot of opportunity. However, within ARC's horizon of five to 10 years, they don't see that being a realistic business model. Not to say that's not going to happen, but a recurring business model for investors to reap some benefits. So with that, let's understand the ETF specifically and the vision behind it. So today, ARC Space ETF has attracted over $542 million in inflow since its launch on March 30th, which is amazing in terms of the performance here. So based on an analysis from Seeking Alpha, the average ETF usually takes three years to achieve $100 million. So this is astounding and truly reveals a brand equity that ARC has built with investors during these past two years. At the same time, ARC has also received some negative feedback from some other positions that do not traditionally fall under, quote unquote, the space theme. Now, excluding the 3D printing ETF selection in RX, the top 10 holdings I've identified and laid down here below. So Trimble is one. So they have about an enterprise value of $21.6 billion. And this is a company that spearheaded GPS. And they offer now full technology solutions from positioning, modeling, connectivity, and data analytics across the agricultural industry, geospatial construction, forestry, and rail. Um, And Trimble, being their number one position, is uniquely positioned because they are uh, benefiting from space technologies uh, coming in and having the ability to retrieve the data that comes from satellites from space to then leverage for benefits of uh, certain industry use in Earth. Then you have a bunch of, uh, call it aerospace and defense companies like Kratos, uh, L3 Harris, uh, Lockheed Martin, uh, and so forth. So those companies, of course, they're your traditional defense companies that focus on either um, missile uh, uh, technologies, satellite communication technologies, uh, the production of actual uh, military vehicles and planes, uh, intelligence. So Their main focus is building space infrastructure to support uh, the military needs 
that the U.S. Uh, has to have in order to maintain its dominance. Um, those are also companies that have been around for a while and that have significantly been involved in space-related activities. Now, there are a couple of other companies on here as well that have stuck out. Uh, JD.com, which is an e-commerce company out of China, um, and that is actually uh, ARC's fourth largest holding in the fund. Now, you think about an e-commerce co company, what does that have to do with a space ETF? Well, think about data here. And the more data the e-commerce companies can have, especially realizing that the channel is growing rapidly, the better it is to understand the location of uh, people, their daily movements and their environment, um, which then gives them the ability to tailor specific products more directly to them. So that data is coming from satellites. Again, another key term here and the importance of uh, how we fail sometimes to understand how things work around us. And when we finally get that understanding, you say, wow, look how important satellites could be to the day-to-day -day activities of us just simply ordering online. Then beyond that, uh, of course, you have here NVIDIA. So the semiconductor space. And this is important because the company, as we know, operates in graphics, compute, and networking, and they're also rapidly expanding into artificial intelligence. But the embedded GPUs can be applied to a lot of space-based applications. Um, and also the convergence of artificial intelligence and data mining will help companies uh, be able to really efficiently uh, translate the data coming from those satellites for their own personal use here on Earth. So with, with these 10 positions, you can go here and read specifically some of the high overviews of these companies and get an idea of what they're worth from an enterprise value perspective. But overall, 66% of the mix is concentrated in the aerospace and defense industry, internet and direct marketing retail, electronic equipment instruments, and semiconductors. Similarly, 75% of the portfolio is built by Mega, which means $100 billion or more in terms of market cap for a company, and large, greater than $10 billion market cap companies in the industry. So uh, ARC is placing essentially their calculated bets on industry leaders who are also large in size that have been around for a while, that have substantial revenue, uh, some that are uh, beyond the large conglomerates beyond just space, but have a large space sector and others that are solely focused on space or that benefit directly from space technologies. Now, Kathy has emphasized that when it comes to space, it sometimes takes big companies to fuel big ideas. Interestingly, some of these large mega cap companies are implementing a cohesive strategy that spans beyond just rocket production and technology and also focuses on space communications and drone technology. With low cost and satellite technology, low orbitable space infrastructure can scale, supporting a multitude of businesses on Earth. Now, there are some unique picks if we go beyond those 10 that at first glance do not connect directly with the space industry. And some big companies that you guys for sure know of are Amazon, Google, and Netflix. So Amazon, interestingly enough, we're not talking about uh, their endeavor, just Bezos endeavor with uh, Blue Origin, but we're jumping into Amazon Web Services here. They launched a new, a new unit called Aerospace and Satellite Solutions. So projects such as Satellite Connection Services called AWS Ground Station and the Satellite Internet Venture called Project Kopur reveals their interest in using space technologies to enhance connectivity. So remember when I mentioned that ARC's, one of ARC's major theme is connectivity across the, uh, the globe, this is where Amazon is also trying to play a role. On top of that, Google is also utilizing its computing power in cloud and AI to support space projects regarding imaging and mapping. And finally, Netflix, which is a unique outlier. But when you think of streaming, you should also think of the high demand for broadband. 
So entertainment is one of the top uses for broadband. More satellites in low orbit mean more efficient broadband and access to streaming services across populations that had no internet connectivity. Also, as cars become autonomous and internet access available across the globe, Netflix will benefit. So you can see here how things are interlinked with one to the other. Now, surprisingly, Virgin Galactic, the first public purest place uh, company, did not make it on the top 10 list for art. Now, the company is famously known for leading the charge on commercializing space tourism. Now, in an interview, Kathy would mention that beyond internet connectivity, they view hypersonic travel as another additional opportunity. At the moment, Virgin Galactic has mentioned hypersonic travel, but has not identified any specific long-term plans to operate in the space, thus making them holding number 20 on the ARC-X fund. Now, with their space shuttles and assets, the company is well-positioned to make some breakthroughs if they can successfully accomplish their launch targets in the next couple of months. So to put it simply here, while they don't have a high position, if they start making plans for hypersonic travel, and the reason Virgin Galactic sticks out is because they're actually building unique space shuttles that can operate in that type of environment. They have three uh, unique assets uh, that, that they have uh, have been testing on. And ultimately, if they're able to achieve that, then you can revolutionize traditional air travel as we speak today. On the other hand, there are nine pure play SPACs that have announced mergers this year, specifically focused on space. So companies like Rocket Lab, Black Sky, Momentum Space are all jumping in the action. Now, when it comes to SPACs, ARC has decided to ignore all the pure plays with the exception of three SPACs that are different from those not within that list of nine and those three that I just mentioned that benefit indirectly from space technologies. An interesting one was Workhouse, Workhorse Group, ticker symbol WKHS. Now, I know some of you guys are familiar with this company because it's an electric vehicle company that produces last mile delivery vehicles. Now, when you think about this company, this is one of those that benefits from space technologies. They'll need satellite technology to track their vehicles and optimize their performance. So once again, GPS, understanding vehicle performance, their location, how to optimize routes, uh, how to understand uh, their particular uh, maintenance requirements and so forth, all that is driven from data retrieve from satellites. On top of that, we have Atlas Crest Investment, ACIC. So the SPAC is merging with air taxi startup Archer Aviation in a 3.8 billion deal. The vehicles aim to be autonomous, thus requiring an air data system, radar, and laser altimeter, and other technologies supported by low orbit space infrastructure. This is interesting because we're talking about Another component of revolutionizing air travel uh, through air taxis, but these are autonomous air taxis. And in order for them to function, as I mentioned, they require those specific space applications uh, to work. And finally, you have another SPAC here called JAWS uh, Spitfire Acquisition, ticker symbol SPFR. Now the SPAC is merging with 3D printing company Velo3D valued around 1.6 billion. Velo3D is actually known for producing components for space rockets, jet engines, fuel delivery systems, and energy production. SpaceX is actually one of their most recent clients. So we already know that 3D printing is going to play a very important role here. Hence, their second largest position in the fund is their own 3D printing fund. Uh, and the fact that they've identified this particular spec that will eventually merge uh, with Velo3D and is already an existing client of SpaceX gives you an indication of the role it'll play and the role that, more importantly, the role that technology will play in the industry. Now, a common theme one will notice across ARC Space ETF is that they believe mobile connectivity 3D printing, robotic sensors, artificial intelligence, and rocket technologies will converge together to deliver the $1 trillion market that we mentioned could potentially be established by 2040. Now, it's important to also note that 
the ETF has some competition. When comparing other ETFs in the space, however, nothing comes close to the assets under managed that ARKX has accumulated in the past week and a half. But there are some formidable players that have some similarities to ARKX and some stark differences as well. One particular one is the UFO Procure Space ETF, which is the first exchange-traded fund that tracks the S-Network Space Index, which is concentrated on companies that have significant space-related activities. The fund is composed of 33 positions and has an AUM of $136 million. The top 10 positions I've highlighted below. So something different from the ARCX ETF is they have a lot of media companies on here, uh, such as Dish Network, uh, Sirius XM Holdings. Uh, they have Orbcom uh, Incorporated, uh, which is a telecommunication service company. And so you can see here that they've concentrated more on the satellite technology. So 82.8% of their fund based off market cap is in media, aerospace and defense, diversified telecommunication services, and communications equipment. The fund is also more heavily concentrated in medium and large cap companies ranging from $2 billion to $10 billion. So based on their top picks, you can see here that the team is heavily placing their bets on satellite-based consumer products, satellite manufacturing, space technology, hardware, and space-based imagery and intelligence services. On top of that, another competitor would be the Rocket SPDR SMP Kensho Final Frontiers ETF, which runs around $24 million in AUM. So very small relative to the other two ETFs, but holds 30 positions and operates in a similar space. Their main focus is aerospace and defense. So uh, they're not too heavily focused on the direct, uh, you know, satellite technology or companies that are benefiting from uh, space technologies in terms of their top holdings. So an, an idea here is Maxar Technologies and Aerojet uh, Rocketdyne Holdings as their top two holdings. Um, so their their companies are specifically within the aerospace and defense sector. But between these three funds, there are some overlaps that highlight common strategies and confidence in terms of the company's role in the space industry. Examples are Tremble, L3 Harris Technologies, and Iridium are represented across all three funds. This signifies the importance of satellite technologies, GPS, and communication devices that are essential for industries on Earth. So to boil it down, guys, some key insights here. It's important to understand that space investments are highly capital-intensive investments that will take years to see business models come to fruition. However, with that said, companies like SpaceX and the allure of deep space travel have sparked the imagination of ordinary citizens and investors. So since 2011, I mentioned that 177 billion of cumulative equity has been invested across 1300 companies. And in Q4 2020 alone, we had about 5.7 billion invested across 80 companies. Now, as an investor, the greatest reward within this decade would involve companies that operate in satellite technologies due to the dropping costs in rocket launches. Additionally, companies on Earth that will benefit from greater connectivity will also be great investment avenues to research. Now, when it comes to space, ARC believes that technologies will converge, supporting accelerating growth opportunities. Automation and artificial intelligence will play a significant uh, role in space-related activities that will impact industries on Earth, such as the agricultural industry and the construction industries. And finally, reading an article from Michael Sheets, who is the designated uh, space reporter on CNBC, he highlights a comment from CEO Chad Anderson, uh, who is the CEO of uh, Space Capital. And that states, space is the vantage point that allows us to do business. It's what links our financial markets, shipping lanes, and the global economy as it exists today. And as the global economy exists today, would not exist without space. 
So this is an interesting perspective here because it goes back to how things are linked. And it goes back to when I started uh, the breakdowns this year with the EV supply chain. Everything is interconnected. And the biggest opportunities lie when you can identify those connection points and look at companies that very few people are actually uh, understanding and reviewing uh, because they might not be as appealing uh, or uh, newsworthy headlines for you uh, to, to place for readers. So there are hidden opportunities out there. And next week, we're going to be diving into some of these companies. And if you haven't subscribed, um, of course, I'll have one for all my uh, followers and then uh, two additional companies that we'll be diving into as well uh, for the paid subscribers. But uh, I would love for all of you guys to uh, reflect on this, understand uh, the components that are coming uh, from just the chain operations of linking all these ideas together, uh, because when you understand how one uh, component works, it'll affect another industry, giving you opportunities that you may not have seen uh, before. So with that, I'd love for you guys to always stay incurably curious. And if you like the content, please make sure to share this newsletter, share this post, follow me on Twitter, and or subscribe if you have not already. Wishing you guys all a great weekend and hope you enjoyed uh, the space background. Have a wonderful night.